Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. I'm sure that many of us are familiar with the Bible story about the Good Samaritan. It was a story told by the Lord Jesus Christ when he was asked the question, Who is my neighbor? How many times do we hear this term used to describe a person who goes out of their way to do a good deed? Perhaps help somebody fix a car by the roadside, or maybe get somebody's cat out of a tree. Yes, these are good neighbors and good deeds, all right. But the original Bible story is about a far more serious problem. You see, here was a traveler, robbed, beaten, and left to bleed and die. And without help from the outside, he was as good as dead. Most people don't realize that the Lord Jesus is using this story as an illustration about themselves, ambushed on our road of life and left destitute by the enemy of our souls. There were two people who came across the poor man. And why is it that they didn't help him? And then there was this good Samaritan. But the Samaritans were despised by the Jews. Who was this outsider, this rejected one, who gave himself so freely to help someone considered to be an enemy? In today's broadcast, evangelist and missionary to Chile, Andrew Klug answers for us these and many other questions about this well-known Bible story. Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read two stories. We have a story here within a story. We're going to concentrate on the inner story, but let's read the whole story. Chapter 10, verse 25. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And here starts the story within the story. And Jesus answering said a certain man. Now let me stop for a minute. I'm going to read this little story. I want you to see there's four men. What I want you to do is to, as we read this story, to identify yourself with one of these four men. Which of these four men best represents your situation, your person? Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by. 
on the other side, but a certain Samaritan. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and setting him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Now we go back to the original story. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Okay, I asked you a question. Which of these four best represents your person? Are you the priest? Are you the priest that when you see someone in need, you leave? You don't get involved? It's dangerous? Or thieves might come? Are you the Levite who does the same thing? Are you the Samaritan? The good Samaritan. How often we hear of this concept of this noble desire to be a good Samaritan. There's nothing wrong with helping your neighbor. It's really our duty as human beings on this earth to help others. But it's a mistaken concept to think that one can be a good Samaritan and by this means reach heaven. It doesn't work. And that's the point of the outer story. This man professed to some great knowledge but when the Lord Jesus put him on the spot, he tried to reel out. Well, we're not going to get into that for a minute. We want to consider this story within the story. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, I want to suggest, and more than suggest, I want to tell you that if you are not yet saved by God's grace, that if you have not yet the forgiveness of your sins, the knowledge of heaven as your home, this is the man that represents you. This first man that we have in this story, a man who was going down, who was going down from the place of blessing, Jerusalem, to this place of curse, Jericho. This man is going in a path that is downward. And that is your path. Without Christ, without salvation, that is your path, a path downward, a downward path. Now you just think for a minute. Just think in your heart of hearts. Is that not the case? In your experience, in your mind, in your heart. Can you not relate this idea of a downward motion in your life? And how you have had higher desires and higher ideals, and you have desired and grasped after truth, have found out in your life that you haven't got that ability to hang on. That there is that within your heart that leads you down. There is that within your heart that craves for things. That don't lift you up. On the contrary. They drag you down. In one word it's sin. And that sin reveals itself in many ways. And that sin here is called a thief and a robber. The thieves come. This man that is descending. From Jerusalem to Jericho. He falls among thieves. And what is their desire? What does a thief want? He wants to rob. He wants to take what is not his. And in doing this, he leaves a person impoverished. 
Now, we know all about that in Chile. That's one of the things people notice when they come to Chile, or any Latin country for that matter, is the fences around the houses and the bars on the windows. People live behind bars. They're free. They're not guilty. The guilty person's outside wanting to come in. So they want them out. They want the thief out. So they have these bars. They live behind bars. Because there's so many thieves. There are thieves. But there is a thief from the foundation of this world that has been a thief who has entered. Adam experienced, directly experienced this thief. Adam who walked freely with God. Adam who had communion with God. Adam who ate the provision of God. Who enjoyed the presence of God. The thief came in and robbed all that. The peace of God. Adam lost. With one sin. That peace he lost. That peace that you don't have with God. Adam lost it in the beginning. And that's why you don't have it. The provision of God. The riches of that garden. To enjoy all that God provided for for man. In such love. and such abundance. Adam lost that. The thief came in and robbed it from him. For one sin. God's provision, you have no idea what it's like. Because you've been robbed of it in Adam. God's presence, you don't know what that's like. You've never experienced it. And you try to fill in these voids. You look for peace. And you look for this noble thing called God. And you look for it in so many places. And what you end up? The thief coming in and robbing. And leaving you in what condition? Half dead. And that is man's condition. And that's your condition. If you're not saved. Now is it not true? Is it not true that your heart having desired after certain things. Your mind tells you no don't do it. And your heart tells you yes do it. You want that. And your mind there's a struggle that happens. And you give in. The thief has arrived. The thief has robbed you. And there are things the thief robs. That you will never ever get back. And you feel that impoverished condition. And you feel that impotence, that lack of strength to be able to resist this thief that comes in and steals. And you feel this lack of peace with God. You are this man that's on the road half dead. Half dead. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, God said. And Adam ate thereof. Adam ate thereof. And Adam died spiritually. Physically, he was still living. He was half dead. And that's your condition, spiritually dead. What does that mean? It means that you don't have that living communion with the God of heaven. You might have religion. We're going to get to that. But that doesn't give you that living relation with God. You're half dead. That's your condition. And you're very close to that physical death that will put your body in the tomb and your soul will be launched into eternity, half dead. That was his condition. This man who was descending, was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. What does he need? He needs someone that can help him. We're not sure, we don't know, whether he was had sufficient faculties to understand that there was someone coming by. Now let's just imagine that he did see him. A priest. A priest is coming by. This is my chance. 
This is a man of God. Look at the way he's dressed. He's a priest. This is a man that by his very profession is in communion, in touch with God, and responsible to help man. He's a man between God and man. A priest. Now you know what that means. Maybe your religion is different than others, but in there there will be priests. There will be men who supposedly are between God and man, a little, a little closer to God than one could be. And perhaps you've gone to him seeking help. Well, sure, that's the idea. Someone that can help us that will open up God to us. A priest. Here he comes, a priest. I can tell by the way he's dressed. I can tell by what's on the outside. But what I don't know is what's on the inside. He soon found out what was on the inside of this priest. On the outside, a profession of godliness. And on the inside, a selfishness. A lack of interest in his fellow man. Now, the language here is very precise. It says, and by chance. By chance. By coincidence. There was no divine intervention here. It was by chance. There came down. This priest was going down. The same as the man. He was going down. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of man's intelligence, of man's philosophies, that which is born of man's will goes down. That's not what you need. You need something more than a priest. You need something more than a religion. You need something more than an apparel, than something on the outside. Religion is something only outward. Religion is, take my coat, put it on, change your appearance on the outside, and it doesn't do a thing on the inside. You remain the same person, and besides, you don't like my coat. It doesn't fit you. It needs to go to the dry cleaner. That's religion. It's uncomfortable, but it's what they are saying I must do, so, so I'll put it on, and I'll and I'll be a good person, but there's no change on the inside. That's what you need. And that's what is in God's salvation. The priest couldn't help. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place. Now, it doesn't say that he was going down. It says when he was at the place. Now, what I see in this Levite is... Something that takes me back to the law of God. The law that, for instance, this man, this lawyer, gave a resume of what the law of God is. What is the resume? What is the, the summary of the law? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. That is the law in a nutshell. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's perfect and beautiful and noble and something high and lofty to attain unto this. It is what summarizes the law. The Levite represents this law. It's not going down. It's of God. When it comes close to this man in need, what does it do? When he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by. Because the law trying to fulfill the holiness, this high standard, trying to attain unto godliness through 
fleshly means is impossible. And perhaps you've experienced it. Maybe last January 1st. Maybe you made a decision, what they call turning the leap. Maybe you decided that there has to be a change in your life and you're fed up with life the way it is. And you're fed up with being robbed of so many things by, by this thief, sin that comes in. And you want to change your life and you make an effort. And right away you find out you can't keep it up. The Levite, the law, could not help this man. What does this man need? This man needs a stranger. This man needs a foreigner. This man needs someone from another country. This man needs a Samaritan. One that in his former life he would have despised. One in his former life he would have tried to evade, stay away from. One that you have tried to evade and stay away from. One that you have feared. One that you have thought will, will take away from you what you want. Is that not what some people think of God? Is that not why some people don't come close to God? Because they're afraid of losing something that they so cherish? That's what you need. This Samaritan. There was a Samaritan. Now, again, get the language here. It's very precise. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed. Isn't that beautiful? He's not going down. It wasn't just by chance that he came there. It was because he was on a journey. He was on a journey with purpose, with a beginning, and with an end. And he was on this journey. And he was not turning back from his journey. He had decided that he would go. And he was going on a journey. And this is our Lord Jesus. He came from heaven's glory. He came into this world as a man. Incredible thought to think that God would become a man. That God would so humble himself to come into this world as a man. The creator would walk among his creation. Comes a man on a journey with a purpose. And what's the purpose? You. You're his purpose. He wants to undo what the thief has done in your life. He wants to pour oil and wine in those wounds of yours. He wants to cure you. He wants to bring you to an inn. He wants to take care of you. He wants to put a hope in your heart of his coming. He wants to totally change you drastically. He wants to change your heart on the inside. That you become as a fountain that flows out. That life that he will give you will flow out in abundance. It will not be as religion that you put on on the outside that you feel uncomfortable in. You will not be able to contain this life that will flow out of you in the joy of your salvation. It is the experience of many a person here in this little meeting. And it's what you're looking for. You're looking for the Samaritan. That will come, what does it say here? A certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was. Praise God. Jesus Christ has come to where we are in all our need, in all our miserable situation, in all our sin. The leprosy of our sin, the stench of our sin did not cause him to refuse us, did not cause him to turn back away. It caused him all the more to feel this mercy, this, this compassion towards us and towards you. And that's what you need. The Samaritan here, 
As he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. And those words ring in the ears of this man as he lies on his bed, recovering from those wounds. Those words that are spoken to the host, to the innkeeper, I will come again. And every Christian here is longing for that moment, is longing for that moment of his coming again. The Samaritan, the man from another country, the one with whom we were enemies with him in time past, he's now our very best friend, and he's coming again. For what he has done for us, we're longing to see him. Are you longing to see him? Do you have salvation? Or are you still on the road, on the road down, half dead, robbed, robbed of things you will never get back? Sin has invaded your life. Sin has taken away peace. Sin has taken away provision. Sin has taken away the presence of God in your life. Half dead. What you need is to know personally the Lord Jesus. Yes, today the Lord Jesus Christ may be drawing near to you on your life's journey. Will you own up to your desperate condition? That you are robbed of things that you can never get back? That you are half dead, in need of a spiritual birth? We trust that you will turn to Christ and trust Him and His work at Calvary to save your soul and restore you back to a living relationship with God Himself. Then, like this man in our story, you'll also be joyfully waiting to see Him again when he returns. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.